This story is called A Red Three-Legged Bear, read for you now by the author. Jose does whatever his wife, Ruthie, tells him to do. Well, mostly. This time was different. Ruthie sat Jose down and gave him an ultimatum. No options, no delays. The state of Maryland was sending a social work supervisor to their house, a person who would be inspecting every closet, checking every door, making sure their house would be an acceptable home for foster children who needed a new place to live. They will check our water faucets. They will look in the refrigerator. They will make sure I've cleaned under all the beds, Ruthie told him. And they will check the door that goes down into the basement, the one with the broken latch. That's the one I've been asking you to fix for several months. The social worker will be here sometime Tuesday afternoon, which means you will be fixing the door Tuesday morning. That timing was terrible. As director of the Office of Volunteers for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Pastor Jose Rojas had helped send more than 100,000 volunteers all around the world. And Jose had been invited to the United Nations building in New York City Tuesday morning in recognition of the United Nations Year of the Volunteer. Instead, Ruthie was requiring that he stay home and fix the basement door. But he had the day carefully planned. He would take the train from Baltimore to New York City and enjoy a long breakfast at the Windows on the World restaurant at the very top of the World Trade Center. He had always wanted to eat at the restaurant in the Twin Towers. This was his chance. Then, after watching morning arrive from the windows high above the city, he'd catch a taxi for the short ride to the United Nations building in the special ceremony. Fixing the door? Mm, not in Jose's Tuesday plans. They argued about it. Jose explained how important it was for him to be at the ceremony. Ruthie reminded him of how important it was for him to go to the hardware store. Jose apologized for not fixing the door and then reminded her how important it was for him to represent the church at the ceremony. Ruthie, you can feel this getting hot, accepted the apology, but stayed firm about his needing to stay home and fix the door was the worst argument of their marriage. Probably the only time Ruthie made such a definite demand. Jose listened and decided that somehow fixing the door was in God's will. He stayed home. Instead of breakfast at the windows of the world restaurant, he shared breakfast and watched the news with Ruthie at their kitchen table in Maryland. The day was September 11, 2001, and the morning news filled Jose and Ruthie with terror and thanksgiving. They watched in stunned awe as smoke rose from where a jetliner had just flown into New York's World Trade Center. The day took on even greater meaning as they watched United Airlines Flight 167 fly into the World Trade Center's South Tower killing everyone in the restaurant and all who were near it. 
you, you saved my life. Those were about the only words Jose could find as he and Ruthie shared a tear-filled bear hug in the kitchen. The rest of the day was filled with prayers, phone calls, more news, family prayer sessions, more news, more prayer, and fixing the door. During the years he worked for the church in Washington, D.C., Pastor Jose also volunteered as a domestic policy advisor for three different United States presidents. His insights had been appreciated by both Democrats and Republicans. Even now, he often spent his afternoon working on domestic policy issues in a small office in the White House. Wednesday morning, Dr. Sung Kwong, Director of Adventist Community Services, called and asked Jose to drive with him to New York and help serve a city in crisis. As they were preparing to leave, news came that the Northeastern and Greater New York Conferences had secured commitments from over 50 pastors who were willing to go and visit and minister to the families of those lost in the towers. Then they added Associate Director of Adventist Chaplaincy Ministries, Pastor Marty Felbush, to their drive. In New York, Chaplain Felbush immediately met with the pastors and began training them for the official Red Cross Crisis Counseling Credential. And the pastors soon fanned out across the city, supporting families who had been affected by the tragedy at the Towers. After a joint meeting with conference leaders, Pastors Kwong and Rojas led a small group to Manhattan's Ground Zero. Ground Zero was a vast pile of rubble and toxic dust. Hundreds of emergency responders were crawling through it, searching desperately for any sign of survivors. Because the disaster had struck cords of care in the hearts of thousands across America, security became a concern. Too many people wanted to help. Some were highly trained in search and rescue. Others were police, doctors, nurses, crane operators, and some were politicians. The White House felt better because Jose was there to help coordinate the volunteers. We set up support stations with bottled water, snacks, fruit, full meals, juices, and places to cry, Jose remembers. Though I was especially pleased with the restaurants who donated high-quality protein meals, I believe the most important volunteers were those who simply knew how to provide a shoulder for someone to cry on. The first responders and the searchers were not finding anyone still alive in the pile of rubble, and the firemen would work for multiple hours in the pile, and then they would come to a station for a bottle of water, and began sobbing uncontrollably in the arms of someone they had never met, but someone who understood, someone who listened, someone who cried with them. All the workers were breathing in the toxic dust that was still rising from the building. Asbestos, carbon, concrete, gypsum, burned plastic, it all seemed to have vaporized into a thick cloud that made your throat convulse and your eyes burn. There was a bank across the street whose basement served as a mortuary 
Jose wipes away tears as he describes the place. But there were very few whole bodies. Most had been crushed or burned. And the workers were often bringing in just body parts. It was a terrible time. In the pile, firemen found a small red teddy bear. A souvenir from the top of the world gift shop. And then they found two more. These little bears became emblems of hope at Ground Zero. Then Jose found a fourth bear. But this one was different. It only had three legs. One leg had been torn away in the fiery blast. One of those bears is now in the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C., Two more are in other memorials of the 9-11 attack. The fourth bear, the one with the missing leg, it lies as a constant reminder of how God works in our lives every day. The little three-legged bear, says Ruthie, always brings me to tears just thinking about it. And I thank God that he kept Jose home that day, September 11, 2001.